It's Talking Twins and more with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and more, a multiple birth podcast with myself, Naomi, from twinfo.com.au. Unfortunately, Nikki is unable to join us today, but I am joined by an amazing guest, twin mum and psychologist, Dr. Christina Kavetsa. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Really looking forward to having a chat today um, because just the whole psychology side of things really fascinates me, um, particularly around twin pregnancy um, and then multiple birth parenting and everything like that because it's it's no walk in the park, that's for sure. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'm really looking forward to finding out a bit more about that because I think it's something that um, we all need to to talk about a bit more um, and the struggles and everything like that. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. So let us know how, talk talk to us about your family makeup. How did you come about being a parent of multiples? Like how, how did you react when you found out there were two? Yes. Yes. So it's quite an interesting story, I guess, like most of us multiple birth parents have. Um, I guess to tell you a little bit about myself first, I'm from Canada originally. I moved to Australia to complete my doctorate in psychology. Um, So I came here for a career and I guess I stayed because of romance. Um, One of those stories. Um, Essentially, I had, uh, I was, I did have a husband in Canada, but that relationship broke down while I was studying here. And then uh, a few months later, I actually met my current partner. Um, And so I guess, you know, that was kind of what led me to, um, stay in Australia. And I was a bit of a late bloomer. So when I was 39, I finally decided, oh, you know, I think I want to have a child. (laughs) And, um, you know, I wasn't sure given my age, what that would look like, whether that was possible. And I did have, um, a pre-existing health condition that made me worry that maybe I wouldn't be able to fall pregnant. So I, um, saw a few specialists and, When I got the all clear, like, yes, you know, you should be able to, you're fine. This is what we need you to do to make sure that you stay well. Um, I actually fell pregnant really, really quickly, like much to my surprise, it happened very quickly for us, but also much to my surprise, because it is something that I wanted. I wasn't really joyful when I found out, like when I actually did the pregnancy test and I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. Why, why do I feel so crap? You know, like I don't actually, I'm not feeling good. And um, so how I found out I was actually having twins is kind of a funny story. I, because of my age, I decided I wanted to do the harmony test um, for chromosomal abnormalities. And I was like, oh, I should, you know, I should make sure um, that there's nothing wrong with the baby and that kind of thing. And and so I was very naive and I thought, oh, I'm just going to go to this appointment and get a blood test. So my partner, he was working full time, you know, he didn't, he didn't come along and there I was rocked up to the clinic uh, and then they tell me, oh, actually, we have to do a scan, um, you know, an ultrasound, because we need to uh, we need to ensure that your uh, certain weeks gestation, so that we can make sure the tests are accurate. And I went, oh, okay, that's fine. I didn't I didn't know that was happening today, but that's okay. We'll go with the flow. So um, there I am, lying on the table, uh, you know, getting the ultrasound, and it was actually taking a lot longer than I had anticipated. And at one point, the sonographer said. Oh, uh, I think I just have to go consult with my colleague about something and then I'll come back. Oh, that's such so- a stressful moment. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I was thinking, oh, is there something wrong? Like what's going on? And 
by this point, I'd kind of disengaged. It was just taking a lot longer than, you know, I, I, I thought I was going to be in and out, quick blood test, you know. Anyway, she comes back and then at one point she just said, oh, yes, it is what I thought. Um, can you see what I see? And so I look up at the screen and then obviously I'm not trained in, you know, ultrasounds and sonography. So I look at it and I go, oh, am I having two babies? Is that what I'm seeing? Oh. And um, she said very cheerily, like in a very positive way, which I'm very grateful for. She said, oh, congratulations, you know. And um, to be honest, it hit me like a ton of bricks because it wasn't what I was expecting at all. Even though I do, at the time I didn't know, but I do have twins in the family because I, I rang my mom and I basically said, how the hell did this happen? You know, uh, <laughs> as if like as if she had you know an answer for it but she said uh well you know what about your cousins don't you remember you've got those fraternal twins and I was like oh yeah okay I forgot about them because you know I hadn't met them for hadn't seen them since I was 14 and I'm now 39 I hadn't really you know I don't have a lot to do with they, they live overseas you know we've never really seen them so and then she proceeds to tell me about the other twins in our family that I didn't know about you know in the lineage like twins that had actually not survived and all these stories right so that started to make more sense to me. And eventually I came on board with the idea that I'm having two babies, but it was huge. It was a huge adjustment. And I always say this, it was a, an adjustment physically and psychologically, because I think there being a mature age mom, um, that was really hard. You know, physically the pregnancy was, a, it was a high risk pregnancy in that I was having MCDA twins. So you would know that's monochorionic diamniotic twins meaning that they shared a placenta, even though they had their own sex. So it brought the risks up just that touch higher, which meant I was heavily monitored. Like from the very beginning, I think very early on, probably from about 13 weeks onwards, I was monitored every week. And I was at the hospital sometimes for like four hours, yeah. you know, waiting for doctors. waiting, And so it was quite... Um, I remember just being on high alert the whole time, like always wondering, are they going to find something wrong this week? And you know, and then they would say things to you like, um, oh, the amniotic fluid in twin A seems a little off. So we want you to come back, you know, in a couple of days and we're just going to check things again. And all those kind of little moments where you think, oh, is something going to go wrong? So it's that was kind of my experience. Isn't it? it really Absolutely. is. Stressful. I, I, rem I, I had a similar experience in and it was, you know, I, I, I guess I just kind of envisaged myself falling pregnant well I mean we needed eight rounds of IVF to have our baby so I'd gone through all the medical stuff and all the invasive stuff beforehand and I was kind of like okay whew, done we've done it we're pregnant and yes. I was going to you know have my single baby in a water bath with essential oils and you know <laughs> playing I wasn't going to be up at the hospital every other week having tests and scans and sitting in waiting rooms and peeing into cups constantly for people and handing okay. over urine left right and center and having people poke and prod and oh and it became yeah. really quite medical and my whole serene image of my beautiful Madonna-like pregnancy and you know holding my single baby at my breast and relaxing and enjoying both my pregnancy and my newborn things just completely went out the window when I found out that I was having more than one baby. Yes, absolutely. And that was my experience as well. I think I actually, I say this often to people that I know that it was like I was grieving the loss of an imagined relationship that I had in my mind with one baby, but here I was going to have two. And 
And I also worried about because I was from Canada, I had no family here, no, absolutely no support. So it was just my partner. And I, I mean, I'm very lucky to have my partner, at least. But you know, he had a full time job. I mean, I had a full time job, I had a career that I didn't know how I was going to go back to. And that did become a struggle for us after uh, my boys were born. Luckily, I mean, I did have health complications. They did come early. They were in special care nursery. I was discharged before them. We did have some challenges, but luckily we were able to bring both babies home. Um, and that, you know, that's all I really wanted in the end. Um, from the beginning, when I'd heard about all the risks, at least I had, I'd gotten that bit. Um, but when I did bring them home, you know, there was the challenge of not having support, like just doing it all on your own, you know, and, um, it was my partner and I just take teaming all of the time. And it, and to be frank, even though my twins are now seven, that is still the case for us. Like, unless we get paid help, we don't have a lot of help. Um, and it's, and that can be really hard. You know, that, that was a huge adjustment, huge adjustment for us emotionally and dealing with the stress of raising a young family without outside supports. And I guess that, that um, all of that experience that I had really inspired me to at the time before I had kids, I was actually in the world of forensic psychology. That was a specialty that I was in. So I was working with uh, violent and sexual offenders and stalkers and, and and that kind of thing. And I, I decided that I did try to go back to that work after my boys were born, but it just didn't feel quite right anymore. It was really hard to juggle. Um, yeah, really hard to juggle. Yeah, that just that brain switch from work to home would have been absolutely massive. Yeah, it was huge. And um, with because of also not having outside supports, you know, we had to rely on paid childcare, which meant that the majority of my income was going to childcare. So I had decided to leave forensic psychology at that point and go into private practice. So I'm, a, I'm also trained as a clinical psychologist. So I started to work in private practice, treating, you know, all sorts of conditions, mental health problems, like anxiety, depression, trauma, that kind of thing. Um, and found that that was just more flexible. And, uh, you know, I was able to kind of work around uh, my kids more, um, working on weekends, that kind of thing. So my, my partner and I take team more. Um, and then more recently, now that my kids have started school, I had decided that what I, it was interesting because in my private practice, I was attracting a lot of mothers, not by any intentional um, part, you know, and I wasn't doing anything intentionally to do that. But I noticed that a lot of women were coming in and they were mothers and they wanted help with parenting related uh, issues, um, but also even just around their own identity and feeling like they had somehow lost themselves a bit in motherhood or, you know, the stress of parenting, it wasn't exactly what they anticipated. A lot of that felt like it rung true, you know, for me and my own experience. So I became really interested in motherhood studies. So I've undertaken, currently undertaking some additional training in motherhood studies. Um, I've kind of immersed myself in um, helping other mothers and I've decided to shift my focus a bit and I'm developing now a program that I would like to launch online. So it's um, specifically for mothers of multiples. My aim is really to bring women together who understand the unique demands of raising multiple children, but who also might need some assistance in dealing with the unexpected pregnancy or the unexpected birthing experience or some of the unexpected challenges that come with raising multiples that has left them dealing with things like guilt, 
uh, feeling guilty, feeling inadequate, feeling stress, overwhelmed, um, like they're not good enough. They're not a good enough mother. They need to do more. Um, maybe even anger. You know, I've heard that a lot from women. Um, and there's a lot of shame attached to that. Like when they admit that they think they have an anger problem, that they're, you know, they're irritable all the time with their kids and that's not the way they want to show up in the world. But the reality is they haven't had a chance to kind of process the experience, the multiple birth journey that is, can be so difficult and it's for many so moms. Because everyone is, um, I talk about this frequently, everyone is so negative about it. Like it's uh, when you tell people you're pregnant with twins, they're like, oh, you know, they say congratulations and all of that, but then, oh, you're never going to sleep again. Oh, you're going to have your hands full. Oh, you won't be able to breastfeed. Oh, you're going to have to have a cesarean. You know, it's all negative things. And then when people see you in the shops, they're like, oh, double trouble. You know, <clears throat> there's nothing positive yeah. that is yes. ever said to you. Um, yes. I really struggled with that because I was like, no, I went through eight rounds of IVF. I've got these two beautiful babies. Like, it's fantastic. They're not double trouble. And, you know, in the meantime, I've had no sleep. I'm probably wearing clothes that are three days old, haven't washed my hair in a week. And I'm like, oh, if only you knew. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Because you don't know until you, you don't know what you don't know. And and these people no. who are often saying those things don't know what it's like. No, and, and they I don't actually mean harm by it. They don't mean no. harm by it. They're just making conversation. But when you hear it day in, day out, it can it can start to impact you mentally a bit, like your own mental health a bit. Absolutely. And my experience was similar, but I also found I either got two extremes. I either got, depending on the person's culture, like if I got um, someone from a different cultural background who saw twins as like lucky, mm. you know, or some, kind of like a blessing. So I, I got some people who would say to me, oh my God, how lucky you're having twins. What a blessing. And then I'd be feeling like, well, I'm not actually that joyful about it. I'm a little bit worried and I'm a little bit scared. So then I felt like I couldn't admit that to them. Then I had the other extreme, which was people who were like, oh, thank God, it's not me. I wouldn't want to be in your position, you know, and then that would make me feel bad too, because it's like, well, you know, I can't change this now. <laughs> what you're saying isn't helpful. And if we're just going to focus on the negative, where's that going to get me? So I kind of found that I was, I was always in between. I never really felt completely joyful all of the time about the pregnancy. Um, but I also wasn't always negative either. Like I was trying to find moments of, you know, this is going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. So the comments from other people definitely can be challenging and not so helpful. But I mean, it's, it, it's so hard because on the other hand, you know, I, you feel like a rock star pushing your, your pram, your double pram, your triple <laughs> pram down through the shopping center. Um, but yeah, that buzz can wear off pretty quickly when <laughs> with, with, negativity can't it mm. it can and I think the other thing too I always um I actually don't enjoy the term I don't like it when people would call me oh you're a super mom or what a great mom you are because for me personally and you know from what I understand in my learnings about um motherhood and about culturally like I guess the the pressure that mothers feel from the cultural social context like the the construct of motherhood, if you like, the institution, you know, we feel a lot of pressure to live up to some standard, right, of mothering. And when people call us super mom, in my opinion, that that can actually be a bit um, detrimental, because then we feel like we have to live up to some standard of almost some unattainable, impossible standard of parenting that 
just doesn't really exist, you know. 100%. And I mean, gosh, all the pressure of social media and everything like that as well just adds to it. I think that, um, you know, we don't have the village that our previous, you know, our, our parents and our grandparents and things like that had, given that we do live in a multicultural world, many people have moved, people even just living in yeah. to say, I've got no, you know, I've got no immediate family to help us yeah. either. I was nodding away when you were saying, oh, you know, we don't get any time together as a couple because um, we, we were the same. And, you know, it's now only that they're, you know, my twins are 11 now and it's great. There's been a couple of times that we've actually snagged a sleepover with schoolmates on the same night and we're like, we've got a night out. <laughs> yes, yes. That's great when that happens. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but I hear that challenge. And I think that that's another aspect of multiple birth parenting that um, isn't always talked about, but is all, often experienced by multiple birth, birth parents themselves is the strain on the relationship. Yeah. You know, it's huge. And I see all the time how parents are navigating um, the stressors of parenting multiple birth, you know, of parenting their children and trying to find time for a couple, which is it's can sometimes just be so hard to do that, uh, particularly if you don't have that village, like you said, you know, that support. Yeah, that's for sure. And so um, now that your multiples are older, like you said, the boys are seven. Um, yeah. Do you find now that like looking back in hindsight at what you went through, um, do you think that kind of it shaped the way that you parented and things like that? Like, were you trying to break that uh, almost, yeah, the the, the fear of, of almost having two babies and, and, and all of that kind of stuff? Because I know for me there's so many more things I would have done if I only had that single child. And then I might put this other pressure on myself because I'm not taking them out to to this activity and that activity and because it was too freaking hard sometimes, you know. Yes, yeah. I did go out and about and I took them to multiple birth playgroup and we did go out and do lots of things. But also on the other hand, I just be like, oh, my gosh. And I couldn't go to things like, you know, my friends would be meeting at the swimming pool or something in summer and I'm like, I can't go. I can't look after two babies safely. And it would be, oh, let's go to the park. Well, is it fenced? Because I can't go because I can't look after them both. So it is quite lonely. Yes being a multiple birth parent. Absolutely. When you were speaking, the act, the word that was coming to my mind was how isolated I felt, yeah. particularly in that first year when I was on maternity leave, because I had an amazing mother's group and they were lovely. Uh, none of them had twins though. And when they started connecting um, and meeting outside of the, like yeah. the office of the maternal child health nurse, they started going to cafes and restaurants and swimming pools and they did swimming lessons together and all these amazing things that I couldn't do simply because either my babies were just on different routines so I could never make it work or in the early days I was trying to establish breastfeeding so I had them both on the breast so that's what I was trying to do and I you know had the big pillow I just couldn't do that when I was out in public like I couldn't navigate it and I'm you know there was so much that I didn't know because I was a first time mom and I had no idea what I was doing that now in hindsight, I realized, oh, I could have done this differently, you know, I, or I could have gone out and I could have made it work maybe on some instances. But for the most part, because I was fumbling my way through it, really, and, and just trying to do the best I could, 
I missed out on a lot of things. I missed out on a lot of social activities. And it wasn't actually until they were a little bit older when breastfeeding, unfortunately, didn't pan out for us the way I had hoped. Um, And they both started refusing and I got mastitis. And it was like the doctors were just looking at me like, you've given it a good go. Maybe it's time to just switch to bottles now. You know, there's no harm in that. And I had to let that let go of that another expectation or another thing, you know, a thing I had in my mind about how I wanted to parent. Um, and when I did switch to bottles, you know, it did free me up like that, that in some ways, there were a lot of benefits for me in doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to get out more because they started holding the bottle too. Yeah. you know, when they're, this is when they're a little bit older, right. Or, you know, about eight months old kind of thing. And so that, that just helped a little bit. And, um, yeah, I definitely felt that, you know, the isolation is huge. Oh, it's yeah. massive. It's absolutely massive, the isolation of being a, a multiple birth parent. Um, and that really does, I think, you know, I really made myself get out and about. Um, I was really lucky. My mother's group that I was put in by the government and, you know, at the Child Health Centre and everything, which was fantastic. There was actually another set of twins in mine, um, oh, wow, which was just luck. And how funny is this? We'd actually met on, I think it was like the Essential Baby Forums. Now, we're going back you know, quite a few years ago before Facebook groups and all of that kind of stuff. And we actually yes. met and chatted online because we both had boy-girl twins, both born roughly at 34 weeks, but within yeah. a few days of each other. And so we, I'd kind of reached out to this girl and sort of said, hey, look, it'd be great to stay in contact. Didn't know each other's names or anything. This is on the World Wide Web. I didn't even know where she lived, what country she was in or anything. And... um she was the girl in my mother's group. Oh, wow. What a fantastic story. I know. I couldn't believe it. And it it took us yeah, a little while a coincidence. to work that out. Like we didn't realise, obviously, straight away. Um, yeah, right. So a couple months into our friendship, we kind of realised that we were, you know, our um, alter ego on, on the Essential Baby Parenting Forum. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was really funny. lucky. So my mother's group... Um, because there were two sets of twins and there were places we just couldn't physically fit. Um, and I yes. always felt a bit bad for our friends for, that had the singleton babies because they kind of missed out on yeah. going to the things that the other mother's group, because there were two sets of twins. So I'm I'm internally grateful to my mother's group. A massive shout out to them all because um, we're still all best friends. Um, and, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we see each other regularly and it's fantastic. Yeah, and that's part of the other what inspired me to create my online group program um, for mothers multiple specifically is around that isolation too, yeah. and and also bringing in different perspectives because a lot of what I talk about in my program is concepts like uh, patriarchal motherhood and how you know the social constructs influence how we parent and how we feel about ourselves, right? And it's interesting when you do that, like in an international forum, like having people from all around the world talk about these things, it really kind of helps you to see that, wow, you know, there's people in Portugal and Spain or, you know, in uh, Norway, that they're going through the same stuff. Like, it's amazing that when you bring a group of women like that together, um, and what comes out from that. Absolutely. And I think that um, it's definitely an international thing. It's not certainly not just related to us here in Australia. Um, yeah. One thing I, I, I do am appreciative of is that I have a partner, like as you said, because doing it on my own, gosh, I mean, hats off to all the single mums out there. I think that when you do have multiples, 
you're outnumbered. So your partner, just regardless of whether they were planning on or wanted to or anything like that, they they have to step up a bit. Um, I mean, I was really lucky. My partner's amazing with with the kids, and um, but he'd never changed a nappy. He'd never held a baby, I don't think, really. So it was a massive learning journey for him, not just in being a parent, um, but in the actual practical part of being a parent. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's a good point because, you know, traditionally we look at mothering, that the work of of uh, parenting is falling in the domain of the female, of the mother, of the woman, right? But really, um, that you know, there there's a push against that in the sense that the mothering, the job of caring for children, really does not just rest on the woman. Uh, it is, and it doesn't just rest on the on the mother and father either. In the in the ideal scenario, it's really like you know the old adage, right? It takes a village to raise a child. Well, mm-hmm. absolutely, there there needs to be other people involved, you know, to for the, in the ideal world, you know, to, to help children grow up, to be emotionally resilient and all of that. That's my belief. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, you obviously, you, you deal with what you dealt with, but, um, I certainly, you know, and I was one of those people, you know, when I was little, you know, carrying around twin dollies and, oh, I'm going to have twins, you know, um, but it, it, it's hard work. I'm not going to lie. I'm not saying parenting a single child would be any easier. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of things, you know, and I've I've got friends that have got twins who they say, oh, it's a walk in the park to have the twins compared to my singleton and things like that. But, I mean, just parenting, hands down, it, it's hard work. So hats off to all of you. Be expectant parents or actual p- physical parents now, step parents, the works. Um, you're all doing an amazing job, even if it doesn't feel like yeah. it sometimes you are. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, celebrating our successes um, is often, you know, just puts things into perspective, right? Helps us keep going and put one foot in front of the other. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, yeah. the program that you're developing. Um, yeah. So what's that? How, I mean, how will that help? Yeah, so it's an online program um, for women from around the world, but specifically for mothers of multiples. I wanted to bring a group, a community, have that community feel of women who really understand the pressures and demands that are unique to raising multiples. Like we know that, yes, everyone experiences stressors when it comes to parenting, but there are some challenges that are unique or more prominent in the multiple birth uh, journey. You know, things like a premature birth, uh, NICU, special care nursery, breastfeeding challenges, all of that. So this program is really to help those women heal, I guess, from what is often an unexpected pregnancy or birthing experience or those challenges that are unexpected um, and to deal with the negative emotions that can come up from that. So women who might, who might be worried, so they might be pregnant, they might not yet have had their babies, but it is for women who are who are either pregnant or who already have their multiples, but they maybe they feel like, you know, they're not good enough. What they're they're having those thoughts of inadequacy. They're having feelings of guilt, um, resentment, maybe even at times. Like this isn't really what I wanted. This isn't what I signed up for. You know, and feeling shame about that because they're torn. Right? They they want to have babies, but then they're also feeling all these other negative feelings. Um, and then even possibly anger. So they might be irritable, um, showing their anger more than they had hoped or they anticipated. They, you know, it's not, they don't feel like themselves essentially. And what this program will do is help give them the tools and strategies to deal 
with all of that, that emotion, those emotional experiences, as well as those stressors and challenges to really set themselves up for success, to thrive in motherhood, but to also help raise their children um, successfully, like to raise emotionally resilient children. So that's the aim of the program. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's well documented, um, postnatal depression and marriage breakups and everything in the multiple birth world is, is so much higher. Um, I know for myself, um, coming from an extended IVF journey, um, there's also a lot of, um, postnatal depression can be much more prevalent because I remember saying to someone once, I paid like $50,000 to have these children. I should be better at this, you know, and that pressure that mm. I, I had put on myself. to I wanted to be a mother. I had paid money. I'd gone through numerous medical procedures to, to be a mother and I wasn't being the mother that I had thought I was going to be. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know. That's a common experience. Yeah. Raising your hypothetical yeah. single child when you don't have any children is a lot different to parenting <laughs> twins when they're actually here. I can just put yes. that out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But what you're describing, you know, it's a common experience, right? And, yeah. and my, my aim is to help women deal with that and then cope yeah. with that. Um, and it's, and I really see my work is um, this program is much more, it's more educational than therapeutic in the sense that it doesn't replace the work that you would do with the psychologist, mm. but it could be a useful adjunct, adjunct to that. Um, but it's more kind of preventative, you know, really to help women um, not get to the point where they're, yeah. you know, having to go on medication and feeling like they need to see a psychiatrist because they got postnatal depression and all of that. Like that, that, that would be my ideal hope that this could be used as, you know, prevention rather than a cure. Cure, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I must say it warmed my heart when you said before, um, well, not because they were coming to see you, but the fact that you found that women were coming to you. Um, and I thought, well, I'm so pleased that they were reaching out for help. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah, you know, there's here. absolutely yeah. no shame in reaching out for help. Um, if you're struggling with something, particularly in today's world, there are so many people out there that can help. There's an expert in all sorts of areas, but, you know, I didn't even know that there was sleep consultants. I didn't even know that such a thing existed 11 years ago when, you know, my children were awake most of the night along with me and I was breastfeeding them constantly (laughs) all night to try and get some sleep and things like that. I had no idea that there was a sleep consultant and I could have just reached out paid a hundred bucks or whatever it is for a consultation and probably could have had a lot more sleep. But anyway, that's, um, yeah, yeah, that was one of the reasons I started Twinfo was to make people aware of these services that are out there that you might not know about. Um, Absolutely. And mm. I think that that's, that's the key point, right? We don't know what we don't know. Don't know. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But if you're struggling with anything, always, people can always reach out, um, you know, that's why we've got the Parents of Multiples group, the Twinfo pages, the multiple Amber Multiple Birth Association, um, you know, Dr. Christina's program, you know, things like that. There's always people out there that can help. And if you're struggling with something, just reach out. Someone, one thing I've really noticed with the multiple birth community is um, they're so helpful to each other and everyone's always willing to help and point people in the right direction if they can't help themselves. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's what I've noticed too. And it's a great community to be a part of. So where can people find you? 
Yes, absolutely. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook as Fierce Kind Mama of Multiples. That's M-A-M-A. So Fierce Kind Mama of Multiples. I also have a podcast as well. Uh, same name, Fierce Kind Mama of Multiples podcast. You can find that on most of the podcast channels like Google and Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, and people can also check out my website. It's currently under construction, so it should it should still be there, but it, it's not exactly um, how at this stage, depending on when, when this goes to air, um, it might not be up in um, exactly how I want it to look, but it's the fiercekindmama.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I really, I felt like we had so much in common other than just being, you know, a, a parent of multiples because um, I think my journey was quite similar in the whole mental process and everything like that to yours. So um, it was really lovely to chat to you and I, I, I really hope that um, our listeners uh, just don't feel quite as alone maybe when they when they listen to this. Yes, that's my hope too. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was, it was a pleasure wonderful. being here. Thank, Thank you. you. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and nickyainley.com.